Good morning. Welcome to worship this morning. My name is Tamara Schantz. I am the assistant campus pastor here. And this morning we had scheduled a guest speaker from the Congo, um, a theologian and chaplain by the name of Sidoni Swana Falanga. And unfortunately, she was denied a visa to come into the United States, so she will not be with us this morning. Um, in response to that, we will have opportunity for you to sign two letters in the union following the service. If you're interested in signing a letter to one of the senators involved in the Foreign Affairs Committee, it says on the letter if I didn't get that right, um, you can sign that on behalf of the college to encourage them to rethink some of their policies around visa applications, and in this case in particular. And also a letter to Sidoni um, expressing our disappointment that she wasn't able to be with us and that our prayers and support is with her and our work in the Congo. Um, so if you can take some time to do that in the union following the service, that would be great. And one other note of logistics, there will be a funeral in here in an hour after chapel. So if you can all um, exit the chapel vicinity quite quickly after the chapel service, that would be greatly appreciated. So in place of Sidoni this morning, we have two guests with us. Marty Lehman from Mennonite Church USA, who will be speaking with us just a little bit about um, what happened with Sidoni and kind of the challenges that um, experiences like this present to the global church and specifically to Mennonite World Conference and the Mennonite church in relationship between the U.S. and places like Africa. And also we have Rod Hollinger-Jansen from AIM or African Inter-Mennonite Mission who will share with us a little bit um, his experience and thoughts on what it is that the African church has to teach us and why it matters that these relationships are built and nurtured. So now I invite you into a time of worship with a reading from Psalm 9, verses 1 and 2. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Please join me in prayer. God of all places, of all people and all nations, grant us a grateful heart. Help us to praise your wonderful creation, to see the beauty in all that surrounds us, in every person we meet. Speak to us this morning, through our song, through Marty and Rod, and through our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I now invite some students to come up and lead us in some songs. We will be doing some Swahili songs with you. Uh, these songs come from Kenya. So we will sing the first time and we will ask you to join us the second time. So the first song, can you please put that up? Says Baraka Zamungu, Nizajabu, 
That means God's blessings are wonderful. They can go up, they can go down, they can go, fro they can go front and back, and everywhere to all the nations. And for our second song, uh, it says there is no other God like you. I have searched, I have looked everywhere, I've gone everywhere, and I have not found any other God like you. So, welcome. join us. And in Kenya, we do a lot of clapping and dancing, and so we expect you to join us in our dancing. <laughs> no, we'll do it first and then we'll start up. Barakaza mungu kweli niza Barakaza mungu kweli niza Niza jabu Zaweza kwenda Zaweza kwenda chini Zaweza kwenda everywhere and have not found any other God like any other person like God or any other God. So you just follow along with us. <laughs> 
Last weekend, there was a gathering of women of, of color entitled Encountering the Face of God. It was organized by Mennonite Church USA, Mennonite Central Committee, Associated Mennonite Biblical Seminary, and Mennonite Women USA. It provided a safe space for Mennonite racial ethnic women to gather and share of their experiences, support one another, and explore Anabaptist theology through their unique lenses. The sharing at this event will join the work of other Latin theologians throughout the Americas and will come together at Mennonite World Conference in Paraguay in 2009. 
As you know, visas were denied of two of the event speakers. One was from Mexico City, and the other one was from Kinshasa, Congo, which is the person that was supposed to speak this morning. A number of attempts were made by Mennonite Church USA and Mennonite World Conference staff to reverse these denials through phone calls to the embassy and State Department, but with no success. A lack of financial assets was listed as the key reason for our government denying their visas. In 2005, Mennonite World Conference hosted a gathering in Pasadena, California, and like this time, visas were denied for a group of Mennonite leaders from third world countries. Every person should be concerned about this issue, as it is representative of previous and future situations that will make it difficult for the Church to pursue mutually beneficial relationships with Mennonites in other parts of the world. Unless the United States changes its policy, it's going to be very difficult for the Christian Church in general to have global partnerships. U.S. citizens can travel and make connections all over the world. However, our brothers and sisters, especially in third world countries, cannot. It does not appear that Mennonite Church USA can continue to host events which include international visitors in the United States. It, appear, it appears that we're going to have to begin having these meetings in other countries. One of Mennonite Church USA's four goals is making and strengthening global connections. In February, a 13-member delegation visited Democratic Republic of Congo in an effort to build church-to-church -church relationships with Mennonite churches in Congo. As a denomination, it is very difficult to work at this priority when our Mennonite brothers and sisters cannot send a delegation in return to visit us here in the United States. I strongly encourage you to write letters of protest to the State Department expressing your concern for this issue, or as was said earlier, there's going to be a letter in the union that you can sign, and I would encourage you to do that. morning. Why does it matter that Sidoni Swana isn't here and able to speak to you on behalf of Congolese Mennonite believers? As you've no doubt realized already, a white, balding, middle-aged North American male like myself is a rather poor substitute for a Congolese woman. Maybe the fact that I drank Congolese coffee this morning helps me just, just a very little bit. Uh, but let me make it clear from the outside that I cannot in any way speak for Sidoni. I don't know her personally, and I've not been in communication with her, and I was really looking forward to meeting her here until we discovered that um, her visa application was refused. But I can speak from some experience about the amazing wealth that I have received from African followers of Jesus. So I can say that without any doubt whatsoever, we are all poorer for not having heard from Sidoni herself. I'm an immensely privileged member of the human race, one of a very small minority of people wealthy enough to travel to or live in many different places. One of the greatest privileges I've enjoyed is spending 17 years of my life in West Africa, most of those along with my family, and even now I'm able to return to Africa on a regular basis because of my work with Africa Inter-Mennonite Mission. 
Africa has become a major center of world Christianity. During the last century, African Christians began as a small fraction of 9 million. Today, they number over 400 million. One in every six Mennonites lives in the Democratic Republic of Congo. 25% of all Mennonites today live in Africa. The center of the Christian church is now in the global south. We need to take people like Sidoni seriously because she is the majority. But it's not just numbers that talk. True confessions. I was not much of a praying person before I went to Africa. Though I had been baptized, my faith was mainly expressed through intellectual viewpoint rather than personal relationship. I'm not trying to say that intellectual reflection about faith is wrong, but it, it really is necessary. But by itself, it's incomplete. Having traveled to a distant village one day, early in my MCC term in Burkina Faso, the old Assemblies of God pastor who had welcomed me upon my arrival prepared to bid me farewell. He came over to my Peugeot truck, laid his hands on the hood, and prayed that it would take me safely home. Little by little, I began to observe how the lives of African Christians are bathed in prayer. Prayer, thanking God for protection through the night, for ongoing life, even before setting foot out of bed. Major prayer and scripture study every morning in order to stay tuned to God's purposes. Prayer to bless the shower water, bless the breakfast, bless the students on their way to school. Prayer that God would open the mind to wisdom and insight in study. Prayer in the car before driving anywhere. Prayer for the struggling sister or brother encountered on the way to school or work. Prayer for work issues, prayer for colleagues, prayer meetings at church in the evening, all-night prayer vigils on Friday evenings to ward off the devil's attacks. Prayer for protection, for spiritual power, for the strength to stay obedient. Prayer for provision, for rain for crops, for successful business, for material blessings. Prayer for discerning God's will, for the right marriage partner. Prayer for physical healing in times of illness. Prayer for reconciliation when relationships go bad. Prayer for peace. Slowly, slowly I have learned, and I'm still learning about prayer from African Christians. I've realized that in general, African Christians know a radical dependence on God, a deep trust that God is personally involved with the universe and with our lives. God is in personal communication with us, and God responds often in amazing ways as we communicate our hearts to God. Some have said that to Africans, the invisible world is more real than, than the material one. While not all Africans fit this description, I believe that in general this statement is true, at least in my own experience. Of course, here in North America, we all have been strongly shaped by scientific presuppositions, and in general, we trust the material world much more easily than the spiritual one. This contrast, already illustrated by the differences in the intensity of our prayer lives, also shows up in other ways. You may wonder exactly how a discussion of the nature of evil might fit into our theme of learnings from the African church. Please bear with me. I'll never forget the first time someone tried to explain the mechanics of witchcraft to me. Witchcraft usually consists of an individual who invokes evil spiritual power for the purpose of dominating or even destroying another individual. While physical objects may be involved, 
in placing a witchcraft curse on someone, the essential power in operation is invisible. And the scary thing is, it works. Witchcraft is consistently identified by my African colleagues and friends as the essence of evil. Of evil. Before I was confronted with the reality of witchcraft, my viewpoint was more or less that evil was the bad that human beings do to each other. This fit well with my trust in material explanations for things. But the more I listened to African friends describe witchcraft, the more I had to admit that my worldview was inadequate to account for what they were telling me. Largely through their help, I've come to realize that evil in this world is more complex than simple human agency but that it also involves evil spiritual power, which at times manipulates or works in harmony with human will and action to accomplish its purposes. African believers have also told me countless times that it is Jesus who is able to save them from the power of witchcraft. Stories are told about how, as evil powers are unleashed against a believer, they arrive only to find that person surrounded by an impenetrable ring of fire and light. A living relationship with Jesus Christ is making a difference for many people. Liberated from the fear of witchcraft, African Christians are free to engage life in all its dimensions. They are able to put, uh, they are able to strengthen the best in African culture and at the same time put unhelpful traditions and family practices behind them despite intimidation. Christianity has become a powerful force for transformation in Africa, both personally and socially. As I began to take the spiritual nature of evil more seriously, it pushed me to recognize my own need for a spiritually strong and secure place from which to live my life. My own relationship with Jesus Christ has been strengthened and deepened through my relationships with African Christians. My respect for the Bible as a reliable guide for faith and life has also grown, as African Christians have opened my eyes to much in Scripture that I simply could not see before I met them. This is just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much we can learn from persons like Sidoni. And if they can't come to visit us here, I guess we'll have to go there. What is God calling you to? join in song as a response. Um, we're going to have the words up on the PowerPoint, but if you um, would also like the music in front of you, you can turn to number 64 in the hymnal. Um, we'll sing English first, sing Amen, followed by um, the Zulu, and a third time through um, in English. So please join us and stand.
Please stay standing as we pray. We're going to have a time of intercessory prayer as we think about our sisters and brothers in Africa. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we come to you ready to listen. We come to you with our questions and concerns. We come to you with our joys and happiness. We come to you confused and broken. We come with our requests and petitions. We pray for Sidoni in her work in the Mennonite Church in the Congo. We pray that we can be open to learn from the work that she and others are doing there. We pray for the global church and pray for ways to stay connected despite issues with traveling, especially among those with little power in the world. We pray that we can work through the patriarchal, racial, and sexual structures of domination in this world to seek justice for all people. We pray for the communities and churches that we interact with. May we be a positive and healthy energy for change in a broken world. Creator, you hear our prayers, and we are open to listening for your guidance in our lives. Go with us this day and this weekend as many of us travel and are reunited with family and friends, or treading new waters, or remaining on this campus. We thank you for your presence ever near to us. Amen. We will sing one or two verses of SCT Elman as a closing song. Oh man, we were to